Hi. 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 Welcome back to Hide or Practice. I'm Alexis Hyde. I'm Erica Wong. And this week we have Camille Bien. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really, really excited about this episode. Camille, will you give a little rundown to our lovely listeners about who you are and why it's so wonderful that they get to hear you talk to us today? (laughs) Well, I don't know that it's wonderful, but I really appreciate, uh, well, I just have to say I've known Erica for like 15 years and uh, we went to art school together and our paths diverged and she became a doctor and uh and i um failed miserably at art that is not true (laughs) that is a hundred percent not true okay so i can just say this that my um i think my own kind of personality was not strong enough to withstand too many critiques and so I decided uh, very painfully that art was not going to be a career that I could pursue because <clears throat> art was so connected to my identity, I felt. And so I decided to um, eventually pursue becoming a therapist. <clears throat> and so, um, and part of that I think was, um, I think a part of it is informed from my own um, art background as well. <clears throat> so, but yeah, that's kind of my deal. I think it's really awesome because um, I feel like there's so much, there's a lot of pressure on like, you've made a choice. You're like 18 or 20 or 25, you know, or like even like 55 and you've made a choice for your career and you have to stick with it. Or like, you know, this sunk time cost fallacy that we're like, okay, if we just put in another year, we put in another $50,000, we put another whatever investment into something. Um, LOL, like I have $50,000 to invest in anything. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) But the, uh, that like, maybe like that'll be the thing that'll get us, going and I think it's important to talk about that like not everything is for everybody or just because you had an idea I mean and it's hard to kind of kill that dream because you realize it's not the good fit that you thought it was going to be or like it's not sustainable like when I I weird we just met today but I went I went to college for physics and it took me a couple of years before I realized that like the misogyny was never going away. And that just wasn't a fight I was willing to to deal with every single day of my life, like in like such an overt, you know, confrontational way. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. I know that I'm fighting the patriarchy every day, always. <laughs> but um, at least in the art world, people aren't like surprised that I'm smart. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but the, oh. but it's, and it's something I still, you know, think about a lot. It's just like, Oh, like what if I had stayed? What if I thought it? And it's like, what's my mental health worth of like, can I do the physics? Yes. Uh, was it worth my self-esteem and my, you know, my mental health to keep on doing it? 
no. And there are women who are fighting these fight all the time. And there are people who like take these criticisms as artists or actors or, you know, the, the difficulty of being a creator. And they, you know, some people are just built different and they can handle it. And I know people who've quit being an art dealer because they were at an art fair and like somebody talked about the reflective nature of a mirror piece and they're like, this is bullshit, I'm out. And like, I love that stuff. And it's just, and it's okay that like, we're all different and that we can all approach these things differently and <clears throat> choose, you know, like you can't necessarily choose happiness. I don't really love that term because sometimes, you know, there are things that kind of keep us from being happy, but like you can kind of choose happiness in a way of like where you're putting your efforts of, you know, your career and like that kind of investing of time. What was the, the impetus of getting into the therapy? Like that was like, what was the, that angle of like, this is where I would like to invest my time and where did that come from? So wanting to my invest my time, I think, so basically this is what happened. You know, I was in art school and um, I could not take a critique, right? So it, it made me feel so terrible about myself when uh, instructors would, you know, say to me, you know, why? Because at one point I sewed the walls of my studio <clears throat> and they said to me, they would say to me like, well, this is all right, but like, why didn't you uh, take this line and do it all the way to the parking lot? You know, and I would, and having to like, defend that felt uh, just really deflating, right? And so, but I've, um, it wasn't an encouraging, there were some instructors that were very encouraging, but uh, a lot of them weren't, right? And so I had to start reading self-help books. And, you know, one of my first um, critique, one of my first critiques where I felt like I put a lot into my work uh, I started crying and Erica came and, and comforted me and really became part of my community as far as helping me process what um, rejection felt like, because I don't think there's any other industry where um, rejection is such a part of the culture. Like, you know, you can go in and be an accountant and they don't say to me, like, I want you to show me all these beautiful numbers that you can do. And I want you to like prove to me that you can do all of this stuff. And not only that, I want you to just like really tell me about these numbers, you know, like it isn't this kind of like proving of yourself where it's like this whole entire package. And I think that that is, I think that's like where, you know, I think I was already, already like, you know, suffering some sort of thing. And I went and read a lot of books about like my self-esteem. And I don't know if other people have that same experience, but I know um, that that is something that just helped me as not a clinician. And I'm not a clinician, right? Like I'm not a therapist. I, I only have my master, not only, but I have a master's degree. I am not a practicing therapist, but just as my own experience that reading books and getting, you know, help from my community, like Erica, those were things that, um, you know, helped with my own anxiety and feelings of rejection. 
I think what this sounds like is that a lot of times art school can be very isolating, which is true um, because it can be really tough. I think in the specific example that Camille has presented us with is that our crits were very long and they were, they were brutal. They were very long, especially when you were gearing towards graduation, you were closing in on a three hour crit. And when you're exposing yourself and you're creating something and you're just being ripped apart. And I think that people don't understand that. They're like, what do you mean you're being ripped apart? It's like every question is like a dagger to your heart because you're being asked the reasoning for choosing to do something. And when you give an answer, it's almost as if it's not good enough. I mean, that was definitely a feeling that I had for like, my entire art education was just like, yeah, that, that I, it, maybe sometimes it's not even the, the response. It's like the face, they give you this face and then they yeah. give you this sound and you're just like, this doesn't, this is like for somebody who has a tiger mom, it's just like, this is bad for my psyche. <laughs> and so it's just like, you see the disappointment you're like, right. Like, let me find a hole to dig into like, yeah. because I need to just sit in the corner now basically. And it's repeated and repeated and repeated. And that sense of the rejection, like Camille said, it's true. Like, my therapist for years was like, okay, we're going to have to do this head on because it cannot be headline news for you that you're going to be rejected. That is part of what being a creative is. And we have to find coping mechanisms for you because if not, you like, you've now decided that this is going to be your career. So we need to help you find a way to be able to work in this industry I mean, you can come here and cry, but like maybe we need a better way of doing things. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting to go and package this idea of rejection is part of my job description, yeah. but I have to show up for rejection. So that's very odd as well, because I'm showing up for people to go and make these faces and sounds. So, you know, but I've committed that I'm going to do this. So Alexis, don't make the faces and the sounds to me because then I might have to find a hole to dig and sit in there for a while. Like, I don't even, I didn't go, I'm the only one who didn't go to art school. So I don't even know what the faces and the sounds are. I mean, I can like start acting like my grandmother because I know she does. It's like, really it's good, like, like a, it's like a, hmm, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Sucking of the And it's like, you don't believe it. You know, you're yeah. just like this, the, like the sound and this, the, this thing of like, you, you're confirming something, but it doesn't sound true. Yeah. So I don't know what to take from this. It's like, did I do badly? Did I, am I like, where am I supposed to go with this? I'm very confused by this. Yeah. So it's not constructive basically. So it's a lot of um, reading the room. For art school kids. I mean, do they, do they tell you, do they just really just like throw you in the deep end? Like, here's my rough crit. Everything you've done is crap. Why did you make all these terrible choices? And then just like walk out of the room. Or like, a discussion. like I, I, I just picture it just like a massacre. Like the teacher comes in and is like, "What have you given me?" And then they like leave, and you're just like, you know, shell shocked in the corner. Um, or is it like, is there like an effort of like, well, this is why? And then they're like, okay, I understand. Or it's like, oh, I still don't understand. And then like, bye. Like, is there is there like an effort of getting an artist to cope with like the criticism or like to understand that it's normal or is it just like oh it's totally normal i would say that well, this is 100 like percent normal, normal. Like, everybody every like, i know that it's normal the fact that like everybody gets it like i understand like i'm starting to really understand that about crits but like is it do they 
is there an effort to get it for the artist to understand that like this isn't personal necessarily that like this is like a preparation for like a future in the arts of like rejection and conversations and like weird demanding conversations you'll have with potential curators gallerists collectors or is it just like i'm just gonna come in here and i'm gonna try to like work out that rejection muscle of your brain <laughs> and it's either gonna like break or like you're gonna get stronger like what's i don't understand <laughs> But I guess it's just because we didn't have anything like that. I mean, like, if you got something wrong in art history, like, you just, like, got it wrong. And, like, yeah. you just forgot, like, how to spell, you know, Michelangelo or something. <laughs> yeah. Which I still don't know how to spell Michelangelo. But, hey, um, I would say that, I mean, I've never had somebody, like, say this is terrible and then walk out. There's a lot of why. Yeah. Like, yeah. why did you do that? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Where, like, what are you referencing? And it's like, these are very standard questions that like you and I now ask when we right. look at art. It's like, what does that mean? But you know, when you're young, it's very confrontational. It is. Why is a very confrontational <clears throat> question? No, I think, but I think that, um, I think it just depends on how, who the artist is. Like I, I you know, I've seen, you know, like before I didn't know that people I went to school with saw therapists while they were in school. Right. Like I didn't even know. Yeah. So but there were several people that went to therapy and there were several people who saw therapists at school, like <clears throat> saw somebody talk to somebody at school. And um, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that people were like, getting help for that, you know, and I didn't, I mean, it was painfully obvious that I was having this internal experience. It was not painfully obvious to know that my peers were having the same experience because they would handle themselves in this way that when somebody would say, you know, this looks like a, a ripoff of, you know, whoever, Jessica Stockholder or whatever, is that her name? Uh, but you know, like they're like, this seems like sort of just really in line with this. Like, it seems like you're kind of ripping her off or whatever. <clears throat> um, that people would be like, Oh, you would just see them and they could just, you, they seem very contained and very like, just like got it together. And I remember sitting there and thinking, God, like these people, like they're fucking amazing. Like they don't, they don't even care. Like they are just like, <laughs> I'm so chill, like, okay, cool. Like ducks, let it roll yes. let off. It, totally. Well, I don't like, remember any of this. We were not oh, in the same oh, room. Like, okay, like, I remember specifically one crit where I thought, gosh, this person is probably going to cry because I'm good. I feel like I want to cry because of what's being said here. And, <clears throat> and the person was just like, didn't even care and actually came back with better work the next, the next week. But, you know, even like, cause my husband is a concept artist. And so um, I see him all the time, like in his office, like doing artwork and getting feedback. And I hear, I hear what's happening. Sometimes I like just, I, I just happen to overhear it. Not that like I'm allowed to listen cause he'll shoo me out, but it's like, <clears throat> You know, there's always a constant critique on, uh, is this going to be a blue light 
or is this going to be a warm light? It's going to be a cool light or a warm light. Why, why would you want this to be a warm light versus a cool light? You know, is, 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 is this circle going to be bigger or smaller? Like, it's just like, and I'm always amazed. I'm like, wow, you're like so cool that you're just able to like have this dialogue. I would feel like somebody was telling me I was a bad person. You know, I mean, that's the way I felt before, but you know, that's really interesting because I feel like I, I've had this conversation with a couple other like creator and creative industry friends and that we all have, you know, our work is a real fundamental aspect of our, of our being, you know, it's not just like something <clears throat> we do, it's like part of who we are and it's hard to like, you know, divorce our self-worth from like our creation that if someone does ask me why or like, well, you should have a bigger circle instead of a smaller circle. And it's like, oh, oh, so I'm a terrible person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, should, I should just walk into traffic. <laughs> yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I see, what, I see where, you're, where you're going yeah. with this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, you know, because it's just like, oh, great. Like here's my entire world just like crumbling down because yeah. this opportunity was missed or like this, you know, newspaper closed or you know this person had layoffs or i had to close yeah. my museum and all of a sudden it's like oh you know now you're crap now you're a worthless yeah. human being um, yeah and it's so funny because it's like <clears throat> you're the same person yeah uh, just something outside of you is now gone um but it's hard to understand that and i was i this question is twofold and this is like super selfish of me because this is like a, a real like lifelong and by lifelong i mean mid-30s on pursuit of mine do you think, because obviously you're talking about when you're in art school, people were going into therapy. And I think there's always been people like in my entire life, I have only recently got in and I'm so angry at myself for having not done it earlier um, because of like this like external stigma of it. Um, and I'm just stubborn as fuck. <laughs> uh, but the, I do feel like though in the last like couple of years, five years, I've seen, you know, conversations shift to more empowerment and self-help and self-care and you know embracing these avenues like pursuits of you know of bettering yourself as opposed to when i was in my 20s or even you know high school um when i really needed it and um, <laughs> i and i don't know if it's a shift in what I'm aware of and like what I'm seeing because I'm a different demographic now and people are talking about different things or if it is like a, a wider spread conversation that trickles down to like if I was 27 or 17 right now I would be more I would have more access to this empowering language this acceptance of therapy this acceptance of self-help books and like these kinds of pursuits would be more normalized than they were when I was 27 or 17. Um, so that's, that's my question. So you're just, you're, so you're talking about the normalization of, yeah, like, is it, I guess, yeah, that's my question. Is it, is it becoming more normalized or am I just getting older and people, my peers are talking more openly about these things? Cause we're all going. Yeah. To we're, all going, we're all like finally just like giving up and it's like, fuck it. I've got to go to therapy. And like, we're not going out. And it's not like, did you see what I did at the Chateau last night? Eek. It's like, no, I had therapy. Yeah, and right. I made dinner. Like this is, I didn't, I didn't make it to Whole Foods, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like That's such an LA reference as well. I know. I really just took it to a place. Sorry. Except it would be more like air one. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, like, I don't, like, I, I don't, no, because I feel like, because I'm on TikTok, I feel like these, oh, yeah. and, you know, I was on Tumblr and like, 
I feel like the younger people and like the music and like, you know, the, the things we consume are more open towards those, you know, conversations than they were when I was 20, but like, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I don't, I don't know. Cause um, the one thing that comes to my mind when you say that is I, okay. First, I don't listen to really pop music. I, I don't really, whatever, but there is that genre of rap music that is emo. Yeah. I love it. Right. You know, it's like, it's like amazing. <clears throat> it's like men talking about their feelings and like, yeah. break and like they're rapping about it. And it's like, this is so beautiful. Like you guys are dismantling the patriarchy for real. Yeah. Um, and like, and I think about like, well, I was talking to, I was talking to my therapist. God, that's so <laughs> on the nose right now, guys. But I was, talking to my therapist, I was like, I feel like when I was talking about a big breakup, I got through and I was like, I was like, it wasn't an empowerment time. It was like Adele. It was like, hello from the other side. And like, now it's like Lizzo and it's like, <laughs> yeah. going and like, I'm like a bad bitch. And <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, that wasn't available when I was at that time. Right. I was like, I was like, was I so totally. sad that it wasn't, I couldn't get through, out of my like sadness and like heartbreak or and these things were there and she's like not really i mean she said that i don't know if she's just saying that to make me feel better but i feel like it wasn't because i do listen to pop music but like i feel like recently (coughs) we have like this emo rap and we have this you know pop music and that's you know empowering and we have people like you know for lack of a better example at the moment off the top of my head Gwen paltrow talking about you know meditation and self-help and talking to people and it's, I feel like it's normalizing it. And it is because it's so helpful to have and know you're not alone. Because I think that's the thing is like when you're having a crit and you are the target. Like, I feel yeah, like that's so interesting more- though, because it's like, you're not alone though. I think that's right. one thing I was like, but you're, you've not ever been alone. You are sat in a room with lots of other people who you physically can see. <clears throat> so you're not alone. So is it lonely? Or is it alone? I think that like, uh, you know, to selfishly bring it back to my experience, I felt really alone in that situation. Like I felt that I had, you know, 15 of my peers staring at me. And because there was silence, it was almost like they were all agreeing with these really you know, I mean, helpful, but also really hurtful things. I felt that this, so what the professor was dishing out, it felt like in the silence during the critique, everybody was like co-signing what she was saying. So it did feel, yeah. So it did feel lonely because the only voice that you're hearing outside of your own experience is this instructor who is an authority, right? And who is themselves uh, to some degree a successful artist in the industry. So it it carry, you know, they are a person of power or, you know, you think that, right? And so, no, I think it did. I don't know, what what was your experience experience like when those things would happen, Erica? Yeah. Well, actually this is now having 
I'm now being super reflective here and be like, oh my God, is that what my students think of me when I teach when they're just silenced? Like literally, because <clears throat> tomorrow I'm going to have to brace myself in silence. And when I will tell you both sides of the story, as someone who teaches and you're, you're sitting there thinking, someone please just say something. And all teachers will be like, yes, can we not just get someone to have, so you're not having a monologue? Monologues are very tiring. So when you've monologued for X amount of time, when you're, when you're done with that, you are exhausted. Um, so that's one side. The other side, like when you're receiving that is, I hate that deafening silence because yeah. you're sinking basically yeah. is how I feel all <clears throat> the time. And you're not only, and I think because like I, I experienced the world like very like tactilely. So I physically can see the entire room just whiting out. <clears throat> and it's like, so not only is it visual and audio, so I'm now like just in it, this like full experience of like sinking in this yeah. white light. And I'm like, if there is a tunnel, I know that I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> This crit <killed. laughs> Yeah, That is how my crits always felt, was just like, don't go towards the light because I died. <laughs> but it felt like that consistently because you were being ripped to shreds. And I don't, I'm, I find it really interesting that both of you said that you know, you didn't know that the resources existed and are we normalizing having therapy? I have been to therapy since I was 20. I started going to therapy at Art Center. And, and, they, and actually, I don't even know how I knew that there was free therapy, but I knew that there was free therapy. <clears throat> Somebody told me that there was therapy. And in my head, my little head, I was like, that seems like a good idea. And this is how... I justified it. The tuition is very expensive. I'm going to go because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm screwed up. So I'm going to go for therapy because I'm paying for it. Because well, I will say yeah. that also that like I did, I did know that these things existed. I just did not participate. I, because, I mean, I don't know if like my college actually had a program, but I knew like in high school that people went to therapy. But it was like in my head, it was like, oh, the kids who have like bad divorces or like their parent mm. died. Like when my parent died, and then I didn't do that. Uh, but the yeah, uh -huh. yeah. But like I, you know, but like it was always it was like a it was because of a like a very yeah concrete external cause. Yeah. And then I think once I was in my twenties, <clears throat> and I did realize that people did go and like LA is I feel like a little bit progressive in that like we are a little bit more self help and we are you know like let's get our crystals and like our meditation on and yoga and like that kind of thing, which is great and probably why I love it here so much. And by the time I did know about it, like I was working in the arts. So obviously I did not have insurance and could not afford it. Um, so, but then at the same time, I still wasn't pursuing like self-help or like meditation or like, I mean, fitness things I would be, but I didn't, I didn't look it up um, because I think there's still, you know, a little bit of a stigma. Like if it's just, if it's not like a major causation as opposed to just like my difficulties of handling being, you know, abused at work. Um, yeah. Yeah. and like my own, you know, inner workings. Yeah. I mean, I think I our school's traumatizing and I'm smiling, I'm smiling knowingly at myself about my own problems in my brain. Uh, but I couldn't, you know, and I, and I used that excuse for a really long time. And I also, which is hilarious because I've had people come to me telling me over the decades, Oh, I'm like stressed. I'm like, you should get help. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I was like, I will help you find resources. And I have helped people find resources, <laughs> free resources, great resources. And I just, and someone said the other day on Twitter, they're like, you know, it's a form of narcissism that you think that you're the one who doesn't deserve it. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. <clears throat> well, that's a heavy word to use. I know, right? <laughs> that was a yeah. tough one. But then I was like, why is it? Why do I think that other people deserve the help and deserve to have to have peace of mind and support like that kind of way that I don't, you know? Like, what's that about? I don't know. I'm not asking you as a therapist. I'm asking that as like to my own like narcissism. Alexis, why are you special, huh? Why are you special, Alexis? You're not. <laughs> Erica's like, oh god. <laughs> no, I think this is really funny because I'm just like, I'm gonna go. I'm totally gonna go. Why not? I, it's like art school. So she totally did. She, yeah, she was I like, totally told you. I'm gonna go. no, you did, you did, and and that was actually very helpful. Like, I think that. Well, first, you know, it's so hard to, I feel like I'm in a COVID bubble. So like when you present this question of like, oh, is it, is it easier now to talk about like mental health or whatever? Like, it's true. Like, you know, what is it? Goop? Uh, What, what, what's she like, she does. She talks a lot about self-care. I feel like that was a term that would be really kind of, I think would that's a conversation that you would usually have between you and your therapist, right? It wasn't like it's like in the popular uh, mainstream where you would talk about like, um, you know, self-care, you know, or meditation, like what you're talking about. And, you know, so I think that, I mean, yeah. And and, and what I was going to say about the COVID bubble is that, uh, we didn't watch like free cable before COVID and like we watch the news now because we don't like commercials, but I was so surprised to see so many commercials about mental health. Really? I mean, cause I'm, yeah. are you talking about like the pharmaceutical <clears throat> commercials where it's like, are you depressed? No. Try our like Wellbutrin, you know, side effects. No, 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 like specific, like um, it was almost like it was LA County who ran an ad about like, um, these are trying, or, or it, no, it would be like, it would be like, this, these are trying times, da, 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 and, you know, depression is like this. And, you know, if you need help, here's the, a number, but also you would see, um, when I would watch, or even when I would watch HBO in the beginning of COVID, like after a month or so, <clears throat> they would run this clip of like all these movie stars and say, they would talk about like, oh, I'm having a hard time too. Like, this is really hard for me. And you would hear, and then at the end of it would be like a, you know, if you need help for depression or anxiety or whatever's going on, call this number. And the same thing with, um, you know, you would hear like even Stephen Colbert talk more about how weird it was or like how, you know, whatever. But even like movie star, I feel like even movie stars talk about, oh, I was talking to my therapist the other day. Like I didn't hear that in 19... you know, 95, nobody was like, I was, you know, I don't know. Meg Ryan wasn't like, oh, and I was talking to my therapist about this. No, you didn't hear that. Yeah. So I think it is. I think that people are trying to destigmatize. I think it's important, especially for creative pursuits. You know, we've talked about it before. Like a lot of these galleries are not 
big situations. Yes, there's a couple are, but like you don't have HR. You can't like talk to someone about like your boss yelling at you <laughs> to wear tennis shoes because your brain is anticipating hitting the concrete floor. Um, so you have to move faster. That's not from personal experience. Um, Can you do that in heels? No, you can't run. You can't run on concrete and heels or flats. Yeah, right. Um, or even like like loafers. And like, what if you can't? What if he can't find the rubber bands fast enough, and he has to empty an entire drawer by throwing it at your head? What if you know? I can't go to HR yeah. about that. Um, and <laughs> but and it's a small environment. There's not like a lot. You know, like a lot of these gallery teams, it's like two, three, four people, and you know, you don't really have outlets and like same things with like artists you know, we've talked about this before where it's like you're kind of solo or two people or three people working on some stuff and you know you have to build that network of people to talk to things and support and you know help find resources because it's hard and even if it's not personal that the teacher wants to know why you didn't take that line out to the parking lot you know I mean I still haven't gotten an answer for that. So Camille, anytime, anytime you're ready to let me know. Um, <laughs> it was, it was too hard. <laughs> <laughs> See, and to me, that's a very good reason, um, but the, but like, it's, you know, and it's hard to, cause it feels personal and, and it's not, and it is very professional. And like, I've tried to tell this to, you know, artists that I work with and stuff that if, you know, a gallery doesn't get back to you or a dealer or a curator says that, you know, it's like, it's not, they're taking in a lot. Like you've been focusing on one thing and they've got 10 artists and it's not a personal thing and it's how they can do their job better. Uh, same thing with the teacher. And it's like, if they had to take, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like there should be a little bit more empathy because otherwise if you're not explaining to you why they're like tearing you down, then <laughs> I feel like you're not really getting the job done properly. But, um, basically a short story like super rambly long sorry guys i'm just very excited about this idea that like you have to reach out find the resources find your people to talk to you about these things because it can be so isolating rejection and the hard stuff you know we see we're surrounded by instagram and fomo and this person's got a show and this person had a great studio visit and all you see yeah. are the ups you never see the like i've been toiling on this show for five years like i have not been able to get a material to work for what my vision is for a decade you know, if I you need said. that, like message Alexis and I, we're Seriously. community for you guys. Like for real, like, please do that. Like join our Slack and yeah. like complain about like the hard stuff because it's fucking hard. And it's so, and like literally like not to get all self congratulatory, but the whole reason I loved having the museum of broken relationships is like, we celebrate so much of the good all the time. It's nice to remember that like when something bad's happening, you're also not alone. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's okay to have a show that doesn't sell out. It's okay to have a bad studio visit. It's okay to have a teacher say something bad because like, I mean, I'll say this until the cows fucking come home, you know, like people actively hate Jeff Coons and his artwork. And you know, who doesn't give a fuck Jeff fucking Coons and the people buying his shit at auction for $90 million. Like it doesn't matter. It matters not at all to his market at all. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And like, it actually is amazing. It's so like, it's like, yeah, like somebody hates your work. Good. They felt something. 
or they're confused by it, they felt something. I'm like, that's awesome. But it's so like, you're but not- isn't that so interesting that it's a flip when you get to a certain place in your career and you have to have gone through mm-hmm. all the other things of feeling so isolated <clears throat> and basically being ripped to shreds in order for you to get to the other side of saying, yeah, you hate my work, but guess what? It's being sold for $90 million. Yeah. Guess the joke is on, I don't know where or somewhere. Well, it, it reminds me of a st- uh, when we were at school and I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he went to art center and one of the teachers was talking about how like they gave him like a really horrible crit and he basically turned around to them and said, I don't care. Cause I'm going to be famous one day anyways. And he did. He ended up being like, he's not like monumentally famous, but he ended up like having a pretty good career. <laughs> but, you know, what's the saying? To have a, a confidence of a mediocre white man. You don't even have to tell me that he's a white guy, but I know that he is. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you do like, because they just come in and like, yeah, confidence, that confidence. And I think, yeah, I definitely, yeah, even when I felt like sometimes when Erica was going to therapy, like I was going to therapy with her because I'd be like, oh my gosh, this. And she'd be like, well, my therapist told me this. I'd be like, oh, really? Oh, that's good. That's a good one. I think I'll put that in my pocket too. See, what another good reason to go to therapy, guys. If it's not for your narcissistic self, it's so you can help other people when they have similar <laughs> problems. Yeah, and that's was- actually all what the art world, I thought the art world is supposed to be like. That's what I thought. I'm wrong, though, I think. So well, I mean, if we all thought like that, how great would that be? Yeah, but you and I mean, you found you, you you're finding your peeps. Yeah, I don't know what it's like as like a um, because, you know, I ducked out of doing art, but I don't know what it's like for even people uh, who are professionals, like how critiques go for them and have no idea. I don't know how they. Oh, I think that's oh. why you have a gallery, right? Like, or that's like the goal. Like once you have a gallery, like they're the people who protect you. They're the ones who are going to, you know, make sure the nice people come through and have a sympathetic interview with a good, you know, somebody who's not going to be too harsh. And if someone's going to be mean, make sure you're not there and only send the positive things and hide the bad reviews. You know, it's a lot of coddling, I think. Yeah. Um, And then also, you know, once you get to be a professional level, then you have the people who are working in your studio who believe in you and who are getting paid to say, this is great. Yeah. For the record, it's not about the people that I've worked with. Uh, I genuinely, I remember Doug would tell me things that he was going to make and I'd be like, really? And then he'd make it and I'd be like, God damn it, that's fucking perfect. (laughs) This is why you're the artist and I'm not. Um, (laughs) but uh, But I think that there is some, you know, trying to I remember when I was working at a gallery and like you know I'd have like a couple artists like calling me about like a show or about something that they were doing and it just and I'm like no 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 you're great like you're wonderful and don't get me wrong I did genuinely feel this about these artists but I was just like this is going to be amazing and I'm going to walk you through it I'm going to we're going to like get through this together we're going to get your stuff built and we're going to get it to the place and it's going to be wonderful I know it's hard work but you're going to feel so good when it's done so we're all mama bears, basically. We're all mama bears. I mean, literally, that's like you. People are like, I don't want to give the gallery fifty percent. Like, literally, you can call them, and they'll talk to you, yeah. and they'll make mm-hmm. you feel better. Um, 
Absolutely. At least I would when I was making, you know, $9 an hour at a gallery. I was like, absolutely. Like, this is like my favorite part of the job is, is talking you up. Anything I could do. Um, I love artists, guys. On that note, Camille, <laughs> what have you been reading, watching, or listening to this week? What have I been, uh, well, I've been, oh, Agents of Chaos. Agents of Chaos. Agents of Chaos. Have, have you seen it, Alexa? Mm -mm, I, don't even, I haven't heard of it. Everybody I know is watching The Vow right now, and I don't have time for another cult. Oh, too much about because I've listened to three podcasts about it. <laughs> oh, really? Well, this is the um, the cult of Trump. Well, it's no, it's 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 basically how the Russians used, you know, their their what which one call it those um, intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the internet, the Facebook and stuff to Ooh, yeah those to like divide arms. Yeah, the troll farms to divide America and how that got Trump elected and how they're basically how the U.S. government knows for a fact that they did. Anyways, Russian troll farms. That's scary. That's scary. It's spooky. It's October. That makes sense. Just really scare yourself about what's uncontrollable. The, re the, the sad reality. Sad reality. It's terrifying. Halloween. I love it. Um, Camille, where can our lovely listeners find you on the interwebs if they were so inclined? Uh, they can just look up my name, Camille Bien. Fantastic, guys. I'm going to put that in the blurb. I am Alexis Hyde. Find me at Hyde or Die. I'm Erica Wong. Find me at To Practice Practice. I'm also putting our Slack channel in the blurb. So, guys, literally, if you've got any questions, holler at us. Like, we're always there. Erica's there much better at it than I am, but uh, I, I fucking love the slack. So thank you so much. And until next time, bye. Bye.